You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hi guys, and welcome back to Making Money Online. Today, I am joined by a lovely, lovely person with a lovely accent. It's so nice to have somebody Maltese because I'm half Maltese and the person that we've got on today is Maltese. And there is a certain accent that wherever I am in the world, if I hear a Maltese accent, it reminds me of my family and I immediately can tell they're Maltese because of the sing-song voice. It's so cool. So today I have Karen Sargent on. And she helps women talk to camera as easily as if they were talking to a friend. So that's what she helps people with. And I want to start by, first of all, welcoming you on, Karen. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) And I want to start talking about, you know, when we start talking on camera or when we start our business or when we start anything new, we can often feel a bit like a fraud, a bit like, we shouldn't be doing it and that we're doing something wrong. And you told me that that's how you felt at the beginning. So I want to delve a bit deeper into why. So tell me about what happened when you started to kind of put yourself out there. So there's a couple of things actually that probably started really making me feel like I shouldn't be on camera at all. And the first story happened ages ago when I'm I'm a trainer by background. So I remember I was running this workshop in the middle of nowhere in the UK. And I had this woman who kept telling me, I'm sorry, I can't understand you because of your accent. I can't understand you because of your accent. And it made me feel really bad, right? That actually I should be doing this this job because... (laughs) People can't understand me because of my accent. So that's when my hang up about my accent started. I feel like the problem was hers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you tell her, Lisa. <laughs> and then later on, I remember I was trying to launch a summit. I uh, to launch this new business, this new workshop that I had designed. And I still remember I put a video up there and a good friend of mine actually uh, messaged me and she said, Karen, I don't mean to be rude, but I think you should remove that video because it doesn't represent you well. (laughs) And I still remember almost the sense of shame I felt because let's face it. I mean, to do a video for the first time and publish it out there is already scary enough. Terrifying. And you're so vulnerable and you think, oh my God, is this good enough? I don't know. And then to have actually someone confirm your worst fears to tell you uh, it's not good enough. That's horrible. That kind of brings all your worst fears to life. And it gave me a real hang up. Even though like I've been public speaking for 18 years, but whenever I've tried to do video, I used to really, really struggle. 
because of those two things. Yeah, and you're not the first person to say that to me. So many people who have stood up in their corporate world and done big presentations in front of hundreds of people were totally like confident doing that. And then you put a camera anywhere near them and it's terrifying. I'm actually the opposite, weirdly. I'm perfectly fine in front of a camera. I'm terrified as soon as I get on a stage. But I think that there's two things there that are really interesting to discuss. And the first one is how our perceived difference in normal speakers can make us feel ashamed of who we are. So when you talk about the accent and how someone can understand you, I mean, I I find you very easy to understand. It might be because I'm half Maltese, but I find you very easy (laughs) to understand. But I had the same problem. So when I, I wanted to be an actress when I was younger and a TV presenter, and I went for an audition for TV presenting. And the guy said to me, and I was probably 20 at the time, there's no way you will ever get a job on television with that accent because it's so common. You need to have elocution lessons because you sound like you come from like the back of beyond. And like that made me for years think that I couldn't speak in large groups because I sounded too common. Mm. And it's funny how as you're growing up, these tiny little things can make us feel worried about how and who we are when actually it's those differences that make us memorable. Like people constantly say to me, oh, the reason I listen to you is because you sound like me. You know, you don't sound like (laughs) someone that's been been brought up with loads of money. I can tell you come from the same kind of background as me. And I love listening to your accent. I love listening to someone with a different kind of accent. Mm. I think it's lovely. It's a beautiful sound. And the second thing, when you were talking there about how people who love you can make you feel that I think it's worse when it's somebody who's Mm. doing it for nice reasons like when they say to you something like you know because I love you I'm telling you that basically that video was crap (laughs) (laughs) it makes you feel even worse than if it's a troll because if it's a troll you're like you're just jealous of me go away yes it's it's you not me (laughs) yeah it's you this has nothing to do with me but when it's somebody that loves you it can be really difficult but the, the truth of it is, every single time we do something for the first time, we're never going to be brilliant at it. I mean, I dread to think what my first like Facebook Live looked like. And I think that also we do need to be careful of people, who, even people we love's intentions of what they tell us. I mean, not in this case necessarily. I'm sure your friend was doing it for the right reasons. But often when we start businesses, we can lose people along the way. I lost lots of people along the way because they said to me, you know, what are you doing? Like, I'm a bit embarrassed that you're like going on camera and talking about money. I just think it's a real like show offy thing to do Mm -hmm. when and sometimes that's true. And they do feel like that. A lot of the times it's a projection of you have got the balls to do something they don't. And Mm -hmm. that can really cause friction. But talk to me about like you help people with that kind of perception of I'm a fraud I can't do this I can't go online do you think when we first start we should have this feeling of well actually I am a bit of a fraud because I'm only just starting I think well should we or shouldn't we in a way we all have it whether we We like it or not yeah and I think it's what we do with it that's the real important thing so do we let it stop us uh, or do we just move beyond it and for me it kind of helping people realize that, you know, just because you feel like a fraud, it doesn't mean anything. It's just part and parcel of what you're going to experience because like you said in, in a previous podcast, you know, when we first start, we're just making it up as we go along. We are. 
<laughs> Let's face it, uh, because we, we don't know, right? We haven't started. And so I guess one of the things that I think is important is that we, first of all, can prove to ourselves that whatever we're helping people with works. And yeah. whether that's working with one person or I know I worked with a very small group of people to get the, that reassurance that, oh, hold on a second, even though I feel like this, it's not necessarily true. Because a lot of it is about our own confidence at the end of the day. Like we can know our, I, I have people who are brilliant accountants, for instance, brilliant lawyers who have been doing it for 20 years in like magic circle firms in the city. And then you bring them online to help people and their confidence isn't that because they're like, yeah, but I've never helped people online. I'm like, you've been a lawyer for 20 years. You know what you're doing. And it's a yeah. different kind of confidence that you need when you have an online business. And sometimes it is that they need to have two or three people give them amazing testimonials for them to then feel like, OK, now I can actually sell myself properly. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is the mistake that many of us, I know I certainly made it when I first started, you know, you see, you know, people like you having these massive launches and you're like, right, I'm going to start a business and have a massive launch. <laughs> well, actually, you know, you don't start there. You start by getting confident about your results. For me, that, that was the game changer when I knew that my, I could get that result. Yeah. And I, I think there's something in that, in that, and I've I've talked about this recently, how I think I'm part of the problem, because I mm -hmm. I feel sometimes that when I talk about, you know, I've got this launch, I've done this, I've done this. I forget that not everybody, because so many of my followers have followed me right from the beginning when I was like 30 grand in debt. I forget that not everyone has. So they haven't mm -hmm. seen that beginning bit. And so it can look like, you know, it's just easy when actually I think we need to talk a lot more about how difficult it is in that first year and how you will feel like a fraud. You'll feel like a complete imposter. You will feel like no one is listening to you. You feel like you're just making stuff up most of the time. But it is like that for the first year, isn't it? And it's OK to be like that. And sometimes we look at other people and we get that comparisonitis by looking on things like Instagram, where everyone looks completely as if they have their shit together, when the reality is no one does, like none, nobody does at the beginning. It can just feel that way. And we often compare ourselves to people, we compare our beginning to somebody else's middle, which is pointless. So if there's someone, Karen, is out there right now going, I really want to do a live because Lisa keeps telling me I should go live because then they'll know me more, which I really, truly believe people get to know you more if you can be live and do a live stream, whether that's on Instagram stories, whether that's on Facebook group or your Facebook page or wherever you like. And they're terrified. I have some terrified clients of going live. What tips do you give them? Well, I think, first of all, they need to get over the camera. The biggest struggle is that when you're talking to the camera, if you're talking to a person, you're getting something in return. You're seeing the person nod, smile. And actually, our brains are hardwired to pick out these micro signals to decide, you know, how this conversation is going. We know if it's going well or not. And so the first time you're talking to the camera, your brain is looking for these signals because that's what it's used to doing. And it's getting nothing. And so it starts to panic. Oh my goodness, what's going on here? <laughs> so that immediately is going to freak you out. So for me, the first advice is just get used to the fact that you're going to talk to this blinking light that's not going to give you anything back. 
And you do it by practicing, you know, you don't need to go live the first time and share it with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I used to go live uh, in a in a group of one. Yeah, <laughs> private <laughs> Facebook group. We've all been there. We've all done that. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's the first thing. And then secondly, for me, it's about reinterpreting the fear. So you know, whenever we do anything new, it's going to push us out of our comfort zone and it's going to feel scary. Our nerves are going to feel, you know, much higher than normal. And, you know, we can either decide this is a reason why I shouldn't do it, or we can say, look, it shows I'm pushing myself. I'm growing in a way. And that's a good thing. So instead of hating the fact that we feel like this, we actually appreciate the fact that, hey, I'm doing something that's making me grow. And for me, the third and most important thing is, you know, stop thinking about yourself. It's really not about you when you're talking to the camera. It's about the other person. And if you are truly connected to your audience, if you know what they're struggling with, if you spend some time really thinking about that one person that you would love to help and just talk to her or him, it's going to stop being about you and it's going to be about them. For me, I find that when I do that, kind of my tone changes because I'm thinking about a person. I'm genuinely imagining the person. In fact, I get my clients to sometimes put a photo of the person at the other end. So they're genuinely having like a conversation according to their brain. I know that's such a good idea. Because <laughs> the thing with the, the whole, we do think it's about us, don't we? Like we have ego. And so the first yeah. time we go on camera, we go, oh, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. I said um and ah too many times. I rambled a bit. Those things don't matter in normal conversation. And yet we, for some reason, believe that when we're doing it alive, it suddenly all of those things become magnified. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes us then kind of try to project this professional image that just makes us look really stiff yeah. and awkward. And it, it actually stops us from connecting. That aim for perfection actually kills connection it doesn't help create it of course because who wants perfection I remember when I started my business and I was looking for a life coach I was looking for any kind of business coach or any kind of coach and everyone online seemed perfect like yeah. they were all like size <laughs> six blonde long hair coming out of swimming pools and bikinis eating quinoa salad and I was like I'm never going to be that and therefore there's no point me hiring them people want to learn from people they're a bit like them, but a bit further ahead. And mm-hmm. so unless you're perfect, you're not going to look for somebody that's perfect and none of us are and none of us feel like we are. And so when we're yeah. looking for someone that has flaws, I think that can do a real good job. Do you remember on the news there was that guy that he yes. was during lockdown and, and he was all professional and then his kid came in the chair like behind him. And actually loads of people loved him because it made yeah. him more human. Because yeah, we were all exactly. going through that at the time, weren't we? <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. Like being human is really important on camera. And I think that the more over professional we make it, the worse it gets. And sometimes I think, well, let me ask you what you think about this. What do you think about scripting? Like when you're doing Facebook lives and things like that? I think it's a really bad idea because when you're trying to remember a script, you kind of, you're accessing the memory side of your brain. And that takes away that connection, right? So you, when you're having a conversation, you're not trying to remember anything. It's just, you're letting it flow. So trying to remember a script completely kills that. What I recommend is, you know, know what are the three key things that you want to talk about? Have a general idea and then just talk about them. 
sometimes I, I would say, you know, practice out loud, because when you practice out loud a couple of times, you go from trying to remember to actually knowing the stuff. So by the time you actually do it on camera, then you're having a conversation about it. You're not trying to remember. Yeah. And you can tell when someone's like accessing memory rather than yeah. talking about what they know. Yeah. One of the other things I always tell my clients who are scared to do Facebook lives is have an ending memorized in your head. Yes. I honestly think that the, the hardest thing when watching a Facebook live, no, I've never looked at a Facebook live and gone, oh, I don't like what she looks like, or I don't like the sound of her voice or the fact she said, um, three times. What I do notice is when people ramble at the end because they have no idea how to finish, <laughs> like just memorize one sentence. Like I memorized yeah. really early on. I hope that resonates with you guys. I will come back again and speak to you in a couple of days. Have a really good day, whatever you're doing. And I memorize that so that if at any time I realized I was rambling, I could just cut in with this one sentence. I love that. I, I tell my clients to remember Jerry Springer, you know, with his ending, take care of yourself and each other. And I'm like, you know, obviously <laughs> don't do a Jerry Springer, but have something that you can end with. Yeah, that's, that's really a really good idea. <laughs> and what about if you do a Facebook Live and you completely balls it up. What about if you just completely go wrong? Everything seems to go wrong on that live. Well, I actually think things going wrong make people feel more connected to you because you probably remind them of that disaster that they had that made them feel really bad. And now that it's happening to you, then you know, it doesn't feel as bad for them anymore. So I would say, leave it. Like sometimes I run workshops, quite a lot of workshops in the corporate world. And especially when I've been running them in my house, I have a cat. So sometimes my cat will come in. (laughs) One time my cat decided to jump out of the window and she's not allowed out the front door. So I'm like, sorry guys, I need to stop. I need to go get my my cat cat back. (laughs) From jumping out the window. Oh, what was really interesting is that they all had a laugh about it. And suddenly it was like the tension completely broke. Yeah. And people were far more, in, not engaged, like they were sharing more, they were talking more because I broke the ice through saving my cat. And the same thing with lives. When people see us, you know, screw up and be comfortable with it, it kind of gives them permission to do the same. That's right, it does. And I've left lives there when everything's gone wrong because I I think you know let's show a bit of real life let's show a bit of raw here instead of this constant curated perfection that we're all trying to show that isn't actually real anyway so I love that and we were talking about you know people having opinions on like whether you do a live or, or whatever you put out there and what people think of it have you ever had a situation which I did have early on where a troll is there writing while you are live and what would you do or what would you advise your clients to do if you have those kind of people I had a troll just like saying all of this stuff to me while I was trying to be live and at first I tried to ignore it and I thought that's not going to work because all I could do was like see him writing stuff what would you do Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's be honest. If that, it hasn't happened to me. And even just the thought of that happening gives me, you know, (laughs) palpitations. So it's not an easy situation to deal with. And the closest thing I've had was when I was running a workshop and I had one person messaging me in private saying, 
this isn't what I was expecting. This is, you know, I'm not happy with this. And the way I dealt with it at the time, don't know if it was the right thing or the wrong thing to do, but I just paused and I said, look, I'm getting some feedback that this might not be landing for people. Just tell me a little bit, kind of what were you expecting? And I just turned it into a conversation. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing for you and, and giving you what you need. And what happened is that actually I got the, the other nine people to really help me out because they were like, no, this is perfect. This is really good. And it kind of yeah, made the other woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of did something similar. So the one that was like trolling me, it was this guy. I read it out. I said, hold on, guys. I've got to read these comments because they're hilarious. Like, who's ever had a troll on Facebook? How do you deal with it? And I like, started reading his comments out and he stopped what? because of it. But everybody else loved it because it just showed that you can deal with something on the hop. And actually, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't have to do your very carefully rehearsed, you know, like... Yeah. Facebook Live, you can just go with the flow. So we, sh- we never need to worry about unexpected things going wrong in lives. It makes us human. It makes us connected. And that's what we really want. So if there is somebody out there right now that is really needing help doing, they know they need to do Facebook Lives, they know they need some help from you, where can they come and find you? Well, I've got a free masterclass, actually, that they can sign up for. And they just go to the site Calm on Camera. Dot com and they can register they get a free masterclass and it kind of breaks down the small steps anyone can take to build that skill because let's face it going on camera is a big skill it's an important skill for us to learn but it does take quite a few things to get it right so- it does oh that's amazing calm on camera and um we will put that link in the show notes I really urge all of you, if you're not doing some kind of live, some kind of behind the scenes, a way to get your audience to connect with you, you are losing money. Like you will make more money if you can get that no like and trust factor with your audience. And there is no better way of doing that than them seeing you in person on a on a camera somewhere. So please do sort yourselves out if you're still feeling like you can't quite do it. I always call it getting over yourself. I know that's a bit harsh, but sometimes I think our ego can make us think that we need to be perfect to do things and we don't need to be perfect to do anything at all. We can just go there and do our best and we will perfect it as we go along, as we always do. Aaron, thank you for being here today. I really do think that speaking on camera is a skill that we all need. So thanks for coming and helping us out with those tips. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will be back with a new podcast soon. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.